Stages of labor, hormones of birth, and timing contractions are not the most important or effective ways to learn about physiologic birth. And chances are, you've learned some of that, and you still have questions about what to expect from birth. And these questions linger because the sources that are teaching childbirth preparation are only offering facts about labor and birth created to enable the medical system to justify the use of interventions to speed up labor despite the injuries experienced by mothers and the disruptions to the mother-baby bonding. Before birth became a medical procedure that needed these guidelines and metrics, women were shown physiologic birth instead of charts and graphs and tables. Today, we have the benefit of merging traditional physiologic birth knowledge with what is useful from research and evidence And this has been the key to helping my students and clients avoid things like tears and traumatic birth injuries and go on to have fulfilling natural births. If natural birth is calling you, merging traditional physiologic birth with learning modern knowledge may be the answer to your lingering questions. And you can begin the journey of seeing physiologic birth with a free class that will introduce you to the three P's of physiologic birth that help my students and clients avoid tearing in only 15 minutes so you will know why you can trust your body to give birth without injury. After watching this 15-minute video, you will know what physiologic birth really is and why learning the stages of labor, lists of hormones, and cervical dilation rates is just not enough, the most common points in labor where tissue damage tends to occur, and how to use the three Ps of physiology to prevent the causes of tears or episiotomies. And you will learn the difference between being 10 centimeters and being ready to push. After seeing the physiology in this way, one of my students, Sarah, said, simply mind-blowing. Thank you so much for sharing this information. I want to share this with all of the birth professionals that I have ever met, as it is so clear to me now how we have all been missing the big picture. And Cassie said, I took four courses, and yours is the one I walked away with feeling the most empowered. Very specifically, the physiologic birth part where you show the slides of where baby is. Having known what baby does in that dance with the pictures, just let me trust the process so I never felt worried. So if you'd like to learn more about what Sarah and Cassie are talking about, you can get started with this very special and unique physiologic birth training for free at naturalbirthcompass.com forward slash free class. I hope to see you there. One of the exercises I do with couples as they're going through childbirth education with me is to help them set expectations for themselves and for everyone else on the birth team. As I say that word expectation, you might find you're feeling a reaction like some of my students do. Some of them feel a strong sense of negative association with the word expectation, especially when it comes to their birth and how they think they should be thinking about getting ready for their birth. After so many women have expressed this sentiment about the word expectation, I thought it might be time to explore this concept from some different perspectives so that you can decide if defining expectations is a useful tool for you and your birth preparation. So that's where we're going today on this episode of the Journey to Birth podcast. Imagine transforming the anxiety, the worry, and uncertainty you have about your birth right now into the confidence and knowledge that will end everyone's questions about your natural birth and even have them asking you how you did it. Are you ready to stop imagining your wonderful birth and start preparing to experience it? Then you're in the right place. I'm Tristan, the creator of the Natural Birth Compass online childbirth education program. And I'm coming to your ears with perspectives of birth from across time and cultures to help you become more informed and confident in your birth. So grab your mug, fill it with your favorite tea, and let's begin the journey to birth.
Whether you feel positive or negative about expectations is primarily a factor of your past exposure to expectation and the bias or the views that you've developed in response to their positive or negative feedback in the experience. So to begin this conversation about expectations in birth, I first want to talk about expectations a little more generally and explore why we can have such an uncomfortable feeling around expectations. We could probably start at some point in our childhood. Maybe it was from your parents or your teacher, from someone where you were feeling the weight of expectations put on you for the first time. Whether that was expectations to help with household chores or watch younger siblings when you wanted to play with your friends or expectations to stay in your seat in the classroom and pay attention or get your homework done when you wanted to be out at recess. The early introduction we have to expectations as children, we can feel it as a disruption to our play and our imagination and our time to be free as we realize that life also comes with a set of responsibilities. It's not play all the time. And the point at which we learn that and how it's introduced can affect our viewpoint and our feeling around expectations. And then these expectations continue to build on us as we grow and take on more and more responsibility, learning to drive, getting a job, being in a relationship. All of these different stages of life come with various sets of expectations, some of which are explained and transparent from the beginning, and some of which we have to learn as we go. So when you started learning to drive, you probably took a class first and you learned the rules of the road. You learned how to maneuver through an intersection with stop signs. You learned when it's okay to make a right turn on a red light, when you need to yield versus when you have the right of way. These expectations are all laid out and pretty clear, and they're there to ensure that driving is as safe as it can be. And for the most part, we all agree to these expectations So that nearly every time we can make a trip like from our house to the grocery store without having to think about it too hard or having too much cause for concern because we've agreed to the expectations and the other drivers have too. So that's how we fit into outside expectations within society. But what about our own expectations? Because we each set expectations for ourselves as we experience life and expectations that we set for other people, and expectations that we have for the world at large. Even babies develop a set of expectations based on their early experiences. If they're always picked up and held when they cry, they start to expect that when they cry, their parent reacts. Many of these begin as instincts at birth, but as babies start to make these connections about how the small world around them works between the relationship between them and their caregivers, these expectations begin to be set into how they understand the world. But what happens when the baby cries and no one comes? Now the baby experiences what we all dread about expectations, and that's disappointment. Now he has to question his expectations of the world. Why didn't the expected outcome happen this time? Now chances are, like pretty much everybody, you've probably had your expectations disappointed at some point in your life, probably more than once. And depending on the level of disappointment, how much of a disruption it was to your life, you can begin to develop a negative association with expectations because someone failed you or you failed yourself not meeting your own expectations. And you don't want to feel that disappointment again. 
when I ask the moms that I work with why they react to this word in the way that they do, why they have this negative association, what's coming up for them when I say the word expectations, nearly universally they say, I don't want to be disappointed if my expectations aren't met. And I completely understand the concern that they're expressing here. But the problem is not having expectations. I believe that we need expectations for a great many reasons. And that's also true in birth. Your expectations are what is going to help you create a common goal for your birth team, and it helps them to know their role and to stay focused on the vision that you've set for birth. Just like we all agree to the rules of the road so everybody can feel a little bit safer when we drive, we all agree to the expectations that we as a society have set to keep drivers safe, we can bring expectations like that into our birth as well. The problem with expectations is when you have the wrong expectations, you have unrealistic or unhealthy expectations, or you fail to communicate your expectations with those who are intended to meet them. Often the time that we develop negative expectations is when somebody has set expectations for us that we are unaware of, and we're just expected to live up to those unstated expectations. And we don't have the tools or the communication in order to fulfill those expectations. That's where the negative association starts to build. So a big part of the expectations is being able to communicate them. So a part of having healthy expectations in birth is being able to communicate those and express those to your birth team before you get to your birth. So everybody knows their roles and how they can support you. But before you can understand what is a healthy and realistic expectation for birth, you have to spend some time exploring other aspects of your birth first, understanding what you want to experience, how you want to be in your birth, what you're hoping to achieve out of this birth. Doing all of this work first will help you form your overall vision. And from there, the expectations that you need to discuss with your birth team become very clear. So if your birth vision includes having an undisturbed birth with just you and your birth partner laboring alone, one of your expectations for your birth team might include staying in another room unless you call for them. And if you open this dialogue with them before you get to your birth, you're much less likely to be disappointed in this expectation because if they don't agree with this approach... Perhaps they don't feel comfortable with letting you labor more than one or two hours without checking on baby's heart tones. You need to know these kinds of things before you're in labor so that you can have this discussion about how to balance your expectations and their expectations. Your birth team may have expectations as well, and you need to make sure that you've had all these discussions beforehand and that they are in alignment with one another. If neither side is open to resetting their expectations, if you have differing views of what you want for your birth, then this might let you know that you might need to reconsider a different birth team or birth environment altogether. Working on your birth vision can also help you understand if your expectations that you're setting make sense for your goals so that you can ensure your expectations are not unrealistic and you're not setting yourself up for disappointment. So if we go back to that example of envisioning an undisturbed birth with just you and your birth partner laboring alone, but now maybe you're realizing that you do want your baby's heart tones checked every hour, then you're out of alignment in your expectations, and that will lead to disappointment somewhere in the process. 
Unless your expectation is that you and your birth partner are going to learn how to check your baby's heart tones, then you could bring that into alignment. But if you're expecting your midwife to do it, then laboring alone undisturbed is an unrealistic expectation for your birth. What I don't recommend when I say expectations is setting up expectations about things that are really not in your known control. So setting the expectation that you will have your baby at home or that you'll have your baby in the water Those are expectations that could lead to disappointment in the end if it isn't how it goes. It happens sometimes that women think they're going to birth in a birth tub and they labor in there, but sometimes by the end when it's actually time to birth the baby, it no longer feels like the right place to be. And you want to be free to change up those aspects of your birth without feeling like you're going against the plan or against an expectation that you held. Sometimes it's the mere act of just setting up those expectations that lead to the failure to meet them in the first place. Because instead of being able to just relax and let go of the outcome of birth and just be on that journey, you become so fixed on the idea that you must birth this way or you must birth that way, you must birth in the water, even though at the time of birth, all you want to do is lay down. This is where you restrict your own birth to meet a rigid expectation and you risk disrupting the flow of your birth. Instead of having a rigid expectation of where you birth, this could be phrased to give you the freedom to birth in whatever position and whatever place feels right to you in the moment, and your expectation of your birth team is to be there to support your positioning needs, to hear those needs, and to respond in the way that you've discussed with them ahead of time according to your communication plan, or whatever it is that you need from your birth team. If you tell your team that their job is to make sure you get your water birth, and then it gets to the point of birth and you really want to get out of the water, what does that mean for your support team? What position does that put them in? What are they supposed to do? Your expectation is to have a water birth, and now you're telling them you don't want it. But you told them that their job is to make sure it happens. You set up this expectation for them. Can you hear how placing an expectation like this on yourself and on your birth team, how this can really increase the stress in the room for everybody? And we know that having this kind of stress in the room does not support a normal flow of birth. So now do they try and help you meet your expectation and disrupt the flow of birth, assuming that it's still what you want while you're really uncomfortable and your body is screaming for something different? Or do they help you find a new position that supports the flow of your birth and helps you get into a more comfortable position, but now they risk your disappointment in meeting that initial expectation that you set? So you can see how this can be a little tricky if you haven't set up that birth vision yet and really worked on understanding your birth why and what it really is that you're hoping to achieve out of the birth. Because it's probably not having a water birth. That's not a big enough reason to plan the birth that you are trying to plan. There's something else much deeper, much more important that you're trying to achieve. And it's really important that you get really clear on that motivation and use that to set your expectation and set your birth vision. So when it comes to expectations, I really encourage you to have them. They are so helpful in helping everyone understand how to support you but use them in a way that supports your birth and supports your birth team rather than a way that restricts and confuses everyone if things need to change. When you start by defining and clarifying your birth vision, understanding what you really want to achieve, the deeper purpose to this birth, to giving birth, to bringing a new life into the world, 
how you want to feel, what you want to become in this birth process, which I've talked about in previous episodes of this podcast, and I'm sure I will bring up again in future episodes, because it's one of the most fundamental aspects to preparing for birth and really feeling confident in your birth. If you don't know what you're doing all this preparation work for, if you don't know the why behind your birth choices, then it will be harder to stick with your birth approach or your birth plan in the moment when it might feel hard or when someone says something that makes you question your choices. But when you start by defining that ultimate reason and your vision of what your birth can feel like, then you can set healthy and flexible expectations that helps to give purpose and define roles for everyone on your birth team in regard to how they can best support you. And it will help you identify and define what you need from yourself as well as your birth team. And this will help you get clarity on what you need to do to prepare yourself to be ready for your birth. Expectations help you and your birth team keep your birth vision in sight and ensure that you have everything and everyone that you need to keep your birth flowing and moving in the rhythm that's just right for your birth. So now grab a pen and paper, start outlining your birth vision, and see how the expectations can start to come to life. And if you need help, you can always contact me on the socials or through email. And I would also love to hear what you think about setting expectations. Do you like them? Do you hate them? Do you feel better about them now after listening to this podcast? Do you have another way that you like to refer to something that's similar to expectations? I would love to hear your thoughts on this topic and keep this conversation going. So get in touch. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know if you need help. You can find me on Facebook or Instagram at Natural Birth Compass, or you can email me info at naturalbirthcompass.com. Until next time, have a wonderful journey to birth. Thank you for listening and being open to new perspectives as we spent this time together. As always, let me know how I can support your journey. If you have topics you want to hear about, guests you'd like to hear from, questions or comments to share, let me know. This podcast is always transforming and you can help shape it into something that helps thousands of families have the best pregnancy, birth, and transition into parenthood possible by leaving a comment or a review or sharing this podcast with others in your life who will benefit from our discussions. Find me on the socials at Natural Birth Compass or email me at info at naturalbirthcompass.com and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss out on our next episode. Wishing you a wonderful journey to birth.